Hello and welcome. You're listening to the You Do Woo podcast, and I'm your host, Allison Cullen. I'm a mom with a background in business and counseling, but I've always been tapped into the more woo-woo side of everyday life. I'm here to take you on an exploration of your spirituality, give you helpful life hacks, help you on this evolution through motherhood, and give you a weekly dose of useful woo. If you need your cup filled, your mind expanded, and you want to increase your manifestation abilities at the same time, you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Hello, my friends. Happy 2023. Happy New Year. I have not released a podcast episode since December 12th, and that was not the plan whatsoever. (laughs) I had some personal stuff go on in December, early December, that I will be talking about at some point soon here on the podcast, but today's episode is not the day for it. But I did want to talk about this new year and some of my intentions. And I will be 100% honest, we're a few days into (laughs) the new year and I'm not in the new year vibe yet. It's coming. I feel the energy shifting, but like, I'll just, I'm going to be totally transparent here. My, the past few weeks has been a shit show for me. Some things have been amazing and blissful and wonderful and like some of the best days of my life. And some have been some of the worst days of my life. And what's beautiful about that is with that polarity it used to feel so extreme. And now it just sort of feels like this is life. Like lately I've realized that every quote unquote hard thing or challenge that comes my way is really just an opportunity to up level. There are some aspects of like loss and grief that you're not even able to think about it that way for a while. I think it comes in, in stages, sometimes months or years after, but we're not going to get there. This is a very positive episode, but I will let you guys know that I'm going to be in the New Year's vibe and that I feel it coming and I'm just not there yet. So if you can hear that in my voice, that's where I'm at. But I did want to get on here and sort of talk about why I'm feeling that way and what I'm doing about it and how I'm allowing myself to feel that way and not pushing myself in ways that I used to in the past, try to force myself to feel a certain way. Or, you know, sometimes there's that old saying, like action precedes feeling like you have to act first and then you'll feel better. And I do think that can sometimes be true, but I think sometimes we override our gut instinct or our, what our body's telling us or our authority in human design or override your nervous system to go do, 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 or do something in hopes that it'll make you feel better. And it doesn't always happen. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. And I think that as we learn and grow and become more aware of our authority and our intuition, we get better at knowing when it's correct to do that and when it's not. But lately it has not been correct for me to just act and push through. It's been correct for me to be. One thing that is really interesting about being a coach or a teacher is, and I'm human. So if you know somebody who's a coach who 
always is perfect in this way. They might not be human. (laughs) But I have realized in looking back at, I've been a coach for 10 years. And then in this realm with having the podcast and business coaching like combo, I've been doing this for two and a half years. And there's a lot of stuff that I talk about on the podcast that I really am implementing on an everyday basis. And then there's some stuff where I talk about it and I have not mastered it yet. And it's not being, it's, it's something I'm aware of. It's something I coach on and give advice on. And it's not something that I've mastered implementing in my life every day. And there's a few different things to that. I think coaches a lot of times are really good at coaching and giving advice and not taking their own advice, number one. And I think that's just normal. And especially some people, depending on your your human design, a lot of times projectors can see into other people more than they can see into themselves. So not that that's an excuse, but that's just like a way of their being. Like sometimes they can be better coaches than like coaching themselves. For me, it's a little bit more of a weirdly like a root center thing. If you're familiar with the chakra centers in human design, like I just am like, okay, I only have so much time. I always feel time pressure and I'm like, I can help other people, but I can't, I don't have the time and space to implement this in my own life. Well, the thing about that is that for me to up-level my coaching business, which I've done a ton in the past year, I have to implement things so that then I can live them and then I can truly have the stories and the experience and the alignment in teaching them. And that's honestly why a lot of times I don't love coaching a ton on parenting or marriage because I think those are two things that I'm really new to. I'm not new to business, so I'm freaking amazing at coaching on business. But as far as parenting and marriage or relationships, partnership, those are two areas that I really am in the weeds on, I guess. And I have a three-year-old and I'm not, I've not even been married for five years. Me and my husband have been together for 10 years now, but we were a shit show the first seven years. (laughs) It took our daughter coming into our life. And even then it took us a little while to get things straightened out and it's fine. It's awesome. And it's better than me as a wife and me as a mother are better than I've ever been. And I've not mastered that yet, which is why I'm not a relationship coach or a parenting coach. And I can still give tips on parenting and all that kind of stuff. But weirdly, like it always comes back down to your, you as the parent, your human design chart and practicing your authority and strategy and um, implementing your profile and all that kind of stuff. So, but one thing that I have not done is really taken, and I've only recently been giving this advice, y'all. So it's not like I've been playing around with it as I've been giving the advice, but like putting your nervous system as like a number one priority. And a lot of this does have to do with the chakras and definitely go back and listen to each of the energy center episodes. Those are the chakras and human design. I think I have two more still to share with y'all, the Ajna center and the throat center, which I will be doing soon. But learning about those centers and like the different organs that they handle and like how they're connected to the other centers and all and how to decondition them and unblock them and whatever is is very huge. And I have not been doing that. Like I have not been paying attention to 
each of my centers and clearing them and deconditioning from them. One thing I have been doing is really like 2020, near the end of 2021 and all of 2022, I really have mastered listening to my authority. When I don't follow my authority, I know that I'm not following it. And I'm like, okay, I'm just running into the fire and we'll see what happens. I'll learn from this, obviously. But if you don't know what your authority is, you must, must, must go listen to the authority episode. I will link it below. It's so freaking good. It'll change your life. If that's like the one thing you practice all of this year, you will up-level your life in so many ways. It will change your entire world. And then, this is why they say human design is an experiment, and sometimes it takes seven years to decondition, I'm on year four right now, (laughs) is there's other layers to it. So I've really mastered for like 80%. I've mastered my authority, and I know I can improve, but that's pretty freaking good, if you ask me. And magic has come from that. Like I see in 3D reality the results of me following my gut instead of listening to my mind. Your mind will steer you the wrong way. It will. Anyways, but this year I'm really working on healing my nervous system. I've healed it in so many ways through so many avenues the past couple of years. And I want it to be like, to, to tell you like how it's been, it's, I love working. I freaking love working. It gives me energy. Sometimes it gives me too much energy, not to the point that I would ever burn out from it because I freaking love my work. Like if you love your work and then you are very aware of your energy levels and, you know, self-care and taking time alone and putting boundaries around social media and other people and not working too much and all that kind of stuff, you will never, ever, ever burn out. You will not. So I know I'm not ever scared of burning out, but there are some times where I'm like, my nervous system is so stimulated right now. Like I can't, like I'll go from extremes, like either really stimulated on, 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 on to I need to go lay down and get horizontal and go to yoga and get a massage and go to the sauna and whatever. Like it's, it's always like one or the other. And my goal this year is to pay so much attention to my energy centers and my nervous system that I'm more in the middle the majority of a time the time than like really on or really off because even when I'm really on I get so excited and I get all these ideas going and it just activates everything in my body and then my body produces like I get these like dopamine hits. It's just like too much. And then I, my body produces adrenaline and cortisol and that's like wreaks havoc on your body. It can cause so many diseases to have too much cortisol or adrenaline in your body. We're not meant to have that unless we're running away from a lion or something, you know? So it's not meant to be so chronic as it is these days for us. So my goal for this year is to really work on being aware of and balancing back into more so being in a a steady, yummy flow than like super on. And I know that I'm a generator, so I'm going to like give a lot of other people energy when they need it. But like, I don't want to give myself more energy to the point where it's too much. Hopefully that makes sense. And I'm fine with resting 
and all of that, but I also don't want to like go to that extreme either, unless it's like bedtime and I'm sleeping, you know? Um, and I want to give myself rest and pleasure and like all of that kind of stuff. And there's time and space for that, but it doesn't like my days, I don't want them to just be one or the other. I want them to be 80% steady, yummy, calm flow. And then there's going to be spurts of like excitement and rushes of adrenaline when something really cool and exciting happens. I'm going to let myself enjoy that and then it'll flow through me and process out. And then there's going to be times of rest at night, right? Sometimes on the weekends or nap time or whatever, I can do that too. But that is something that's like a really big deal to me. Also, I'm going to do an episode soon about the hierarchies of deconditioning the energy centers. So there's nine energy centers in our human design chart. And the ones that you need to pay attention to are the open ones or the white ones. That's where you have your deconditioning work to do. And there's actually a like order that you can go through to work on them. So like if you have an open heart center, open ego center, that's the same thing. That's your first place to to work on. And you can go listen to the episode for that. I'll link it below. So I am doing a lot of work. My open centers are my root center, which is all about time. My solar plexus, which is all about um, emotions. My throat, which I think I do a pretty good job with, but there's always work to do there. My ajna and my crown. And I have a reflector daughter who has all open centers. God bless her. Oh my God, we're going to be having a reflector on the podcast soon. So get excited for that. Reflectors are freaking magical, but I feel for them because they're just very much soak up other people's energies in every, every energy center. And it's can be a lot. And we're dealing with that right now with my daughter. But as a parent, there are things that you can do for your children. They don't need to do a whole lot. Like you can learn about their charts and all that. The most important thing to do is really practice like for six months or so using your strategy and authority. You want to go over that in a deep dive. I have, we are sold out for January for human design readings, but I do have three or four available for February. So holler at me if you, if you want one of those. But one thing I'm noticing is I have a defined spleen center and my husband has a defined spleen center and my daughter's is obviously open. She's a reflector. And that is one area where I really don't want to project my fears onto her or to her to soak up our fears. Holy shit, y'all. Like, I'm going to be talking about this at some point, but I had a very incredible heart-opening experience a couple weeks ago. And it was wonderful. And it was so needed because I think I have had some walls up around my heart and just some blocks there. Most of us do. And this was an amazing experience. And it made me be able to see some of my other areas of my body clearer. And one of those is my spleen, which I think has been really quiet and dormant for a really long time. And I haven't processed my innate fears and made sure what is innate and what is something that was just conditioning from growing up or media or all that kind of stuff. I do. I'm not really scared of a lot of things, honestly. Um, I'm not even scared of death. 
Like I, I've had several experiences. Most of them either were psychedelic experiences or experiences in a deep meditation or past life regression, things like that. Very woo-woo, I know. You are listening to the You Do Woo podcast. (laughs) Where I've had a death experience, like I've relived a death experience, and it was fabulous. I, like it, I, I've never been suicidal in my life, so I don't, you know, I don't want to die, but I know that it's going to be great when I do. Like, I am not worried about it at all. And I don't want to leave behind my family, especially my daughter. Like, I am just like, I want to make sure she's taken care of. I want her to, like I told Cam the other day, I was like, if something happens to me, I really want you to find a good partner that would be a great mother. Like, I, you, like I, that's all I want is for her to be taken care of and to have a mother figure and who's amazing and all of that. It'd be great if she could be better than me in many ways. But yeah, so I have no fear of death. I do have fear of my child's death. Like that has been something that has been coming up a ton lately. And I think that there's a lot of outside influence on this. I sometimes think that those of us in the health world and the spiritual world sometimes know a little too much. Not I don't know. I think there's just like, there's so much out there that can hurt our kids, like kids having cancer and all it's like the glyphosate in our foods in more water in our air. Like, it's like what, like we didn't deal with this when we were, if you were a child of babies, that wasn't something that started until like, I think late eighties or early, early or mid nineties. And it's just maddening. reason that we've even thought about moving abroad because it's not as much of an issue like it's just America is terrible like honestly terrible with their food system and medical system and pharmaceutical system which are all combined it's frightening (laughs) and it is an innate fear of mine But it is also something where I have an open Ajna, which is your brain. So I'm very susceptible to information and whatever. And that can be linked to your spleen too. So I'm like, okay, here we go. I have to sometimes logically process through this and be like, me fearing these things is actually going to cause it to exist in reality for my daughter and for her to feel these things, these fears, which feeling fear is one thing that can cause disease in the first place. So I'm like, I have to get a fucking check on this. Like, it is something in the past few weeks that has been, like, debilitating to me. Where I just, like, look at the food. I'm, like, overthinking the food and fearing, like, what she's eating and what she's breathing. The air she's breathing. If she's spending enough time outside. If the air, like, we live in Dallas. It's terrible air quality here. Like, terrible. Like if she should even be playing outside, but then inside's no better. I don't want her just being in the air conditioning all day and fluorescent lights and such. It's been maddening. And I think it's something that since becoming a parent, I've sort of repressed and numbed and just been like, I can't think about that. I can't think about that. I can't process these fears right now. Like I'm in, I've been in survival mode, like honestly, you guys didn't know this. I mean, lately, the past year has been great, but 
2021. <sighs> I don't even know how I started a podcast in July 2020. Like, y'all go back and you could listen to some of the first episodes. Oh my God. I was like not over postpartum anxiety and depression. Um, so many things did help with that soon after. Thank God. Then we were renovating a house and having a toddler, both lost jobs, um, had to get new, didn't have health insurance for a little while, had to get new health insurance, COVID, oh my God, daycares closing down, closing down, switching daycares. Oh, like we live in a part of Dallas that is very unsafe. My husband bought this house before we got married to flip it fast and then move out of it. It's a very, like, to give an example, like some of the houses here, like the few years ago, you could buy for like 50 grand. And now there's houses going between 500 and $700,000, but there's still a lot of really unsafe areas for New Year's Eve. We had to leave and go stay at my sister-in-law's house because there's gunfire and cannons. One New Year's Eve, not too long ago, somebody on the other side of the, like a few streets down had their newborn's window shot into. It is not meaning to kill the baby, just like people driving by and shooting guns out of their window thinking it's hilarious and fun and not realizing that they could be killing people. So like I have been in survival mode. I have been in just, I like we, we moved our daughter to the front room of our house, but it had like a, there was a window there and then it had a door there. We bricked in the door, the second door that wasn't needed. And then we made sure to put her bed, not by the window because of gunfire. Yeah. And we're getting ready to move. <laughs> we're going to be moving at some point once we finish the house and what timing is right and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't like these were things that I was just repressing and numbing and not even letting myself think through. And thank God that I I was listening to my sacral and following my authority because it's put us in such a different financial situation. It's put me in such a better situation with my career. It's given us a lot more options. It's going to continue to do, to grow and do so. So I owe everything to I mean like God giving me this business and showing me human design. And then also just really following my authority the past 15 months or so has done wonders, but I have numbed my spleen. And when I did the spleen episode, it's great. There's so much great information, but I hadn't, I did, I was not even aware of my fears. I talked through a few of them, but it was almost like they were so deep down and just numbed and covered with marshmallows and it was like, nah, they're there. Okay. And I do think that the experiences that I had over the past month helped to sort of open my heart a little bit and then move those fears, like bring those fears forward, which can seem like a bad thing to some people, but it's not. Like if you have a defined spleen, really accessing your fears and processing through those is so, so huge. And I'm in the middle of it, y'all. But I didn't want to wait to record this episode till I had like mastered that because part of what I also want to start doing, and I've been doing this with my private clients and 
all the amazing women in my mastermind is just being vulnerable and transparent and real and talking about real life shit that I'm currently going through because that is where like I've realized too that like and I said this earlier in the episode but the challenges that life hands to me if I don't turn around and talk about them and teach about them and use help make sure that they are used to up-level me into a better version of myself, then they happened in vain. And they're just going to keep happening. And I'm just going to go into victim or martyr mode rather than the empowered woman mode who, the empowered woman who takes every challenge that comes her way and literally transforms it and alchemizes it into beauty and magic and teachings for other people you know? So I've done that a lot this past year in 2022, but in 2023, I really want to talk more on a regular basis about my personal deconditioning process and how I'm actually applying this whole freaking human design experiment to my everyday life And not just for the, oh, look at this. This can help you manifest this. This can help make life feel easier and more flowy and more fun. Yes, all those things will happen. Yes. And a lot of shit's going to come up too. But it's going to come up anyways. And you can just push it back down and let it give you cancer. Or whatever other disease that you decide to let it create in your body because you're not addressing these things. Or you can take it and say, okay, let me start talking about this. Let me start sharing about this with my friends or on my podcast or with my Instagram community or whatever it is, your blog, whatever you have. Put it into your business. Don't be afraid to talk about your personal shit in your business. People do not pay you to guide them and coach them because you're a robot who doesn't have human experiences. People will love you more and pay you more and want to be in your world more when you actually share the real shit that's going on. And the past six months or so, a lot of times I've shared a few things here and there in the podcast and I'm going to be doing it more, but I've shared a lot with my mastermind gals and they know this about like the real stuff that's going on. And man, I will tell you what a beautiful thing that is. Now, we don't just sit sit around and just like bitch to each other about stuff, obviously. But we talk about the hard things that are going on. And then what can I do to like not suffer? We're all going to have pain in this life. We live on earth that's imperfect with other humans who are really imperfect. We're going to have pain, but so many times we create just chronic suffering because we loop and loop and loop and loop because we numb and push down and repress instead of just letting our emotions flow through us, looking at them and then figuring out what to do with them. Or if we just don't need to do with them, just move on. So that's what I'm currently going through. This isn't a spleen episode. I'm not going to go through all that. You can go back and listen to that if you want to, but I'm currently digging through my freaking fears and most of them 
have to do with my child's health and safety. I mean, what mom doesn't think about that? Like, it is just being a parent is one of the craziest things because I don't know, there's so many different things, just like physical health and safety and then like providing a great life for them. It's so weird too, though, because like sometimes, like making sure they're not traumatized, making sure they don't get PTSD. Oh my gosh. Like I did something last night that really upset Caroline and she came and started telling me how much she didn't like me and hitting me. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm just traumatizing her. Anyways, I'm not a perfect parent. (laughs) I I, I said something that she didn't want. I told her she couldn't do something she didn't want to, she wanted to do. And it was that, you know, just the normal three-year-old tantrum. But then I'm like, okay, is she having tantrums because something's not right at school? You know, because she's a reflector. She has changed environments. She moved, she's three and she moved to the four and five-year-old class, which I think is going to be really great for her little advanced brain. But I think it's a lot because she's used to being the boss and the boss of the two-year-olds, two, three-year-olds. And now she's the little fish. And I think that's going to take some getting used to. So she's now bringing her bossy vibes home, which I want to teach her that her bossy vibes are good. And we're, we need to chat about her anger and, and use our hands in a kind way instead of hitting mom when we're angry. I need to teach her how to do some yelling in a pillow and all of that kind of stuff. Anyways, that's a whole other thing, but I just, I want the best for my kid. And then I also have to remember some of the most amazing humans and some of the best teachers and coaches out there are people who had traumatic childhoods. And I'm not going to give my kid a traumatic childhood, but there's going to be traumatic stuff that happens to her that I cannot protect her from. And if I will just like let go, she's not going to soak up those fears. Like things have been intense lately with her. And it's because I've been going through all of this and she's feeling all these fears and all this stuff in her little body, which I'm trying to process through them while she's at school and then have them empty of my body when I'm being present with her. I'm, I'm figuring this out as I go along, but I am realizing that that the physical health and safety of her, the mental and emotional and spiritual health and safety of her, and then wanting a different life for her than what is the norm here in America. Like I want her to love being in nature. I want us to travel. I want us to see so many interesting things, not just be sitting at a TV all the time. Like y'all, please don't judge me, but we did more than normal TV time over the holidays and my kid is addicted to TV. We usually watch like 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the evening and then that's all. And like, that's all she wants to do right now. She does watch, it's hilarious. We watch a YouTube of this sweet middle-aged Australian woman putting together Legos. And that's what she wants to watch. That's all she wants to watch. She doesn't want to watch cartoons. She wants to watch the old lady putting Legos together. And I'm fucking here for it. But she's also addicted to TV. And that's killing my soul. <laughs> like That's all she wants to do. And I feel like a terrible mom. And I also have to be like, this has been a season. She was sick for a little bit. I was not okay for a little bit. 
we'll get into that later. We had holidays. We didn't have school. I was just trying to keep it together. So she watched a little more TV than normal. She doesn't even have a freaking tablet, y'all. Like, she doesn't... We don't do that. But we do watch it at home sometime. And now I want to fucking throw my TVs away. So I'm dealing with that. (laughs) I just want to protect her little brain from dopamine and like too much dopamine too early on so that she she can produce it correctly for the rest of her life and feel joy and all of those things. And I'm just struggling with that right now. I'm having to remind myself that this is a season that we're all sort of going through weird changes and that she's not like sitting playing video games for 10 hours a day. And at school they don't have TVs, so they play like all day long. And I know that she needs like a little bit of time to like decompress when she gets home. She doesn't want to come home and play. She's been playing all day long. So it's great. But God, I'm just, I don't have a ton of perfectionist tendencies, but being a parent, that's where that's like creeping in, you know? And I'm sure most moms who are listening to this can resonate. But anyways, I'm doing my best. And it helps knowing that I don't drop her off at school to go do a job that I hate. Man, I couldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I would be a stay-at-home mom if I didn't love my job. I feel like I have like a responsibility to y'all and to all my future clients. Stuff's getting ready to get sort of crazy this year. You guys, it's going to be good in a lot of ways and some scary stuff in a lot of ways too. Things are changing. Stuff is crumbling. Systems are crumbling. It's all for the good, but it's going to feel a little bit uncomfortable for some people. And I'm going to be here to guide those people. Most of y'all have been listening with me for a while now. And so we're doing some advanced work. We're applying a lot of this to your business and up-leveling in that way. And one of my huge passions is helping women make more money because we have more women making more money, more women being millionaires. We'll be able to have more say so in helping our earth and human race. So that's That is not a little... I have to remind myself that I'm doing this also for Caroline, you know? That I'm helping people walk into this new cycle, this new paradigm, so that in 10 years, she can have such a more amazing life than than she would have if we wouldn't have gone through these shifts. And I also am really practicing being extremely present with her when we are together and having like just soaking up that time, that's my other huge fear is I would fear this even if I was a stay-at-home mom though, y'all. Like a huge fear of mine is that I die in a year and I didn't soak up my moments with her. You know, that I didn't sit still when we're playing and look at her little eyes. And I didn't in the morning when we snuggle before every, you know, the world starts, that I didn't smell her little baby skin enough because she's almost three and a half and that smell's going away soon. And that I didn't really listen to her when she's saying her little strung, strung together words into a sentence and remembering what that sounds like and just soaking it up, not taking a video of it, not taking a picture of it, So it's not the same as the real life. 
I just don't want to, I want those moments. And I know that I can bend time and I can expand those moments and make those moments feel longer and more beautiful. And so I'm working on that too. But those are my only fears. I don't have a whole lot of fears. I guess sometimes I sort of feel fear, subconsciously fear being successful because, and I don't know, it's not a true fear of mine. It's like conditioned too. So I'm having to work through that because it's like, am I a lot, like I made a lot of money in 2022, y'all doing not a lot of work and doing real amazing work that I'm obsessed with. And I felt like, is this right? Is this okay? Is it okay to have a $500,000 goal for 2023 and working way less, but giving so much more value? There's a fear of like, oh, is this, can I do this? But, but that's like a conditioned fear. I know. Cause like deep, deep down, I'm like, fuck yes, I can do this. And I have to do this because I have to show other women that they can do it too. And that they can do it while having a regulated nervous system and while being extremely present with their kids. Not 24-7 because that's not going to happen. But like the hours that you spend with your kids feels like, you know, 15 hours a day because you've soaked up all that goodness and the memories and the sweetness and the conversations you have and the smells and the all of that. But really, my main fears are physical mental, emotional, spiritual health for my daughter and not having regrets at the end of my life. I know I'm not going to have a regret. I think I was on the track to, as a workaholic in my past careers to have regrets of working too much. I'm not going to have that. I could if I like started doing way more, but I'm not going to let myself do that, you know? But I don't want to regret not slowing down with my family and really being present and really soaking up the little, little everyday moments. Last night we had Taco Tuesday and we did quesadillas and then we had Caroline got a drum for Christmas. And so we pulled out all of our little instruments and we were just playing and I took, I don't always do this, but I I'm really being intentional about it this year. I took a moment to look at Caroline's face and watch her as she strummed her little ukulele and had her little mouth going and her tongue going because she was just like doing funny, funny faces with her mouth while she, you know how you do that. If you're like putting on your mascara, you make a funny face with your mouth. If you're like doing something with your fingers, your mouth will start going and I just took a moment to do that. And then I took a moment to look at my husband and to just look at his, watch how he reacted to Caroline's funny faces and just let all that sink in and be like, we're not going to have this very much longer. She's going to be four this year. She's going to grow up. She's not going to be this silly toddler, you know. Sometimes I have such regret for the first couple years of her life because I was trying to do three jobs and I was drinking too much and I don't know like I was wishing away the time I was being like oh my god I can't wait till she sleeps through the night oh my god I can't wait till she stops breastfeeding oh my god I can't wait till this and I just wished it away I'm not doing that anymore 
haven't done that this past year. That's been a good thing. I might, my whole, I teach about this in my time bending course for busy moms. And I've really implemented so much of that. And I'm so grateful because I could have, I could have woken up and she'd be 18 and I would have wished away her whole childhood. And I, I, I stopped myself when she was two. I did take a year off drinking, which was a huge help of that. It made me, it made me get a lot more present and stop numbing in a lot of ways. And then this past year, I just been, was really intentional about time and about being present. And I'm so not perfect, y'all. Oh my God. But I'm way better than I used to be and, and still working on it. But this is a time now for really processing my fears, working on that spleen so it doesn't affect Caroline. And also balancing my, you know, regulating my nervous system and feeling in a space of calm and peace and flow most of the day instead of just like excite. Like I'm so lucky. I really am so lucky that I freaking love my work. I love every second of my work. I love podcasting. I love coaching. I love my mastermind. I'm obsessed with it all, but it just gives me so much energy that sometimes I'm just like buzzing and I can't calm myself down. So that's what I'm working on this year is like creating more of a very calm, flowy work time with spurts of excitement throughout of celebrations and being able to ease easier into the downtime. Cause sometimes it's really, it takes a lot of grounding and a lot, it takes like an hour for me to like calm myself down from the work day. And I don't want to u- utilize alcohol or anything like that to have to do it. Cause that ends up making it worse. It ends up increasing your cortisol and adrenaline. And sometimes that's going to happen, you know, I'm going to do that every once in a while, but I don't want it to be a regular thing. And I don't want Caroline to see me using external things to have to calm myself down. I want her to see me being able to regulate my nervous system myself and to model that for her. So she knows she can do that too. Woo. Okay. So yeah, 2023 for me is all about how I be instead of how I do. You might see new things coming from me this year. I think it's going to be a few months until I create something new. A lot of what my intentions are this year is the podcast and my mastermind are going to be my number one priorities. I'm going to take on private clients here and there too, but my prices are going to be going up for that quite a bit soon, by the way. So if you want to grab one at the lower price, definitely do. It's called the Divine Design Deep Dive. And you can grab one of those in the link below. Because um, they're going to be going up very soon. Because I only that's just part of regulating my nervous system. Is I'm going to lower the amount of private clients I have. And I'm just really going back through everything that I've created in the past couple of years. And refining it. And expanding it and growing it. And at some point in 2023, if I feel the urge to create something new, I will, but I'm not feeling that right now. So if you want to work with me, you can be a private client, you can come into the mastermind, or you can listen to this podcast. I do do a handful of human design readings each month, So, but those have been selling out really fast. And I love those and those are fun. It just got to where I was doing like 20 a week and I could not. That was really wrecking my nervous system. It's weird because like work that you love can still affect your nervous system. 
And I always thought that I could just work nonstop every day and be great. And I just can't. And this, this year, the months that I worked the least, I made the most money. God was like, here, Allison, I'm going to teach you a freaking lesson once and for all. So anyways, that's where I'm at. I'm working on how I feel and how I be instead of all that I do and that I get done. And that feels so good. It feels like such a vibe for 2023. And I'm also getting working on processing my fears. So my sweet, sweet child does not have to pick them up. That's all I have for you today. I appreciate you listening to my my ups and downs of my story of the past few weeks and hearing me work through my emotions and fears and all of that. I hope that some of this episode resonated with you. If it did and you feel like it, share it on social media, share it, text it to a few friends, send me a DM on Instagram and let me know that, you know, it resonated, how it impacted you. And I will see you guys for the next episode. Happy New Year. Thank you so very much for tuning in to another episode of You Do Woo. I know that you already have a very full life and that there are literally millions of podcasts that you could be listening to. So I'm super grateful to you for being a loyal listener. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your favorite episodes with friends and family members. That is how we are able to serve more people and raise the collective consciousness and really get the word out on a bunch of these fun spiritual topics that we're talking about. I would love to connect with you. Send me a DM on Instagram at youdowoo, all one word. I'd love to hear how you loved today's episode and just a little bit about you. I can't wait to connect. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.